Pat. I'm going to tell you this. You heard it here first. I guarantee you, or I wouldn't be surprised if in, if in the months to come, there are going to be all these employees from Amazon saying how they were sexually abused oh. or assaulted by Jeff Bezos. And so, just note that. But I wanted to also go back to your earlier point. Is I'm that, noting that because if, you, if that comes true, like you get the podcast like 10x credibility, <laughs> right? And then it's like, yo, this is going to be like the Melody Show, and I'm just kind of here just as a supporting member. Uh, but proceed. <laughs> Welcome to the Legacy and Lifestyle Show, where you'll learn how to live the life you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow. And I'm your host, George Palm, entrepreneur, financial advisor, fitness enthusiast, and foodie. And so I know we did a lot of devil's advocate talk so far. So let me just set the tone for the last half of the podcast. R. Kelly's trash. Super trash. And he should be canceled. And I'm not agreeing with anything that he did. I think he's absolutely wrong. And he should be held responsible. Okay? We just want to have healthy dialogues because the problem is we'll have these conversations or this documentary will air next next year. Hell, end of this year. He has a concert, things get quiet, and it's packed. Yeah. Right? So it's like we got to figure out the gold standard or at minimum at least have a measuring stick for how we as a culture handle these situations because we've proven that we have the power. The power is with the culture. But if we don't stand behind it, then, you know, they, they, they continue to be able to do what they want to do. One of my favorite writers um, for a blog that I follow called um, Very Smart Brothers, Panama Jackson, he wrote, uh, we need a new world for folks who are musically brilliant but trash human beings. I got so tired of hearing the word genius about him considering about him considering the likely muse for all of it was little girls. Mm. So I think that there's a certain level of that that resonates because I think that it causes us to have to be accountable. You know what I mean? Like we've dubbed him as this musical genius. But it's been at the expense of the most devalued, disrespected, and forgotten population, which are black girls. Mm. So how do we even be... I think there's a lot to unpack in what we even think of when it comes to accountability. Because if we can't start there, we aren't willing to have a real conversation. That's real. That's real. So speaking about accountability, and I can't even believe I'm going to go down this rabbit hole of a road. Go, go. Oh, gosh. So my mom, I'm going to be honest with you guys, as of this podcast, as of me saying this, maybe once she hears it, she knows it. My own mom doesn't even know the story. <laughs> That's real. My sister doesn't know the story. So if it says anything <laughs> about my, my desire to be real and raw on this show, then I don't know what else does. So I'm going to give you guys, hopefully, the condensed version of a story of why accountability matters. I'm so pumped. Okay. So, here's the story. So, let's rewind to 2011, okay? Um, I actually graduated college in 2009. I graduated in December because I got a double major in marketing and economics. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Yeah, extra semester, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, graduated in December. So, um, shortly after that, um, I started to get into the financial services industry, which I'm still here. Thank God. 
And, you know, when I first started out, the company that I worked with, I was still 100% commission. I was still, quote unquote, on my own, but I was underneath another umbrella. And so um, they couldn't really provide me direct deposits. They always gave me checks, which seemed to be very old school at the time. But, yeah, they gave me checks and they banked with a very specific bank. It was a smaller wow. bank. And I had to um, go cash my checks, right? And so this particular time, I was starting to, you know, I was doing a little better in the industry. I was getting some money, and I can't remember. I think the check was for like eight grand. Oh shit! But if you put it in perspective, I'm like 23. You know what I'm saying? Like what a money grand, tree. Like, you know, that's, that's a decent little amount of money. I take an eight thousand dollar check today. <laughs> um, you know, so that was a decent little amount of money, and I was heading uh, to Greensboro because I was still so close removed from college that. I had some friends that were still in school, some line brothers and things of that nature. So a few times a year, I would still head back up there. And um, I was heading back up there, but didn't have a chance to deposit my money. And so I had about, again, eight grand in cash on me. Dang. You know Feeling like a trap boy out here. <laughs> and so we go to... Were they uh, in big big bills or did you have little bills? It was mixed all together. Okay, I didn't okay. have any ones though. No ones. I'm about that ones life. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so we go to a step show and a step show after party. And so at the after party, I am, I'm feeling myself. I got eight racks on me. You know what I mean? Like I'm buying bottles. Wait, hold on. Did y'all win the step show? Oh, of course we did. Yeah. I, had, I was buying bottles. So you were really on. I was really on. You know, I'm really like the, alum, the recent alumni coming back. Yes. My boys is killing it. Um, so we went. Because you were an old head too. At that point, I wasn't an old head. So like now I'm an old head. I'm an OG. You were a pro fight though. I was a pro fight. Yeah. Okay. So they respected me and all that good stuff. And I never lost a step show. FYI. <laughs> Google me, YouTube, all that. We, we, we're there. But yeah, so like, I was, I had some cash on me at the club, buying bottles. I was giving people ooh, hundreds. I was like, yo, go buy yourself a bottle. You know what I'm saying? Treat yourself. yourself. You ever seen Pain and Fool? Yes. Thank you, you're black. Because a lot of women I actually haven't seen it for whatever reason. You know, he's like, you need to put your mans on. You're looking bad. Like, that's how I felt. You know what I'm saying? I was in my He did say food. that. You know what I'm saying? I was in my pain. Hey, yo, get your mans I don't even know if you get your mans You're looking bad. You're looking bad sober. So like, I'm out here. Wasn't that Cameron's line? It was a Dame Dash's line. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I was really, really feeling myself, right? And so that was one incident. That's pretty much how it ended. I went to the bank that next morning, $2,000 shy of the original um, amount that I had. Oh, but you were still kind of good, yeah, though. Yeah, still kind of good. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Was, uh, some of the bills were crinkled up. The cash was like, why do you have so much cash? Um, but anyways, that was that. But at that moment, that set the tone for this level of like, you can't see me, basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then the next incident, I really can't believe you telling you guys. Um, the next incident, I believe, I'm trying to be chronological about it. Yeah, I was. Um, so wait, give us when did that first happen? That first, so that was like a summer event. So like a spring step show, actually. So like it was May, I believe. Okay, so we're um, in May. We're in May. So then we evolve a couple months. Okay. Uh, I'm going back. Green, stay away from Greensboro, <laughs> right? There go seems back to be a Green, lot of bad things. A lot like of bad that. things in Greensboro. Um, so I go back and I go back for a party. Okay. Another party. Well, so it was something else going. What on. What month are we at party. now? Two months, roughly so August. Okay, right? so that was the first incident was made. We're now yeah, in August. Now we're the, now so we're, we're in you're August. in the same kind of season. Same season. Okay, right. So it was a season. Thank you for putting that perspective. <laughs> it's the season of my life. Um, so we we're back in Greensboro, mm-hmm. partying. We're having a good time. Bunch of people in the whip as we're leaving this, leaving the party for whatever reason. Somebody else parked my car, mm-hmm. and I had a, it was a nice car. I had an Acura uh, TSX. Joint was clean, black <laughs> on black. I actually really liked that car. Um, it was a black on black joint. And somebody turned my automatic lights off. So okay. Like, Why were they driving your car? I can't even remember that. Okay. But somebody parked my car. Maybe it was ballet or something. Mm. I was doing myself, <laughs> right? Um, and so I got back in the whip. Didn't think to touch the, the lights because they're always automatic. Sorry, wait. Where were you going? At this point, we're going like either to get something to eat or go home. 
But you're in Greensboro. We're in Greensboro. Okay. About, about to go. Like I'm staying at night. Going to leave out in the morning. Got it. Okay. So we're going to back to my uh, my line brother spot. We're going to get something to eat. I can't remember. And then um, we get pulled over because my lights were off because they're on automatic. Like, got it. Got it. Shoot. Got it. So I had been drinking, but I was not drunk. Okay. Right? It's important to note. Right. So context, guys, I'm 31. That was like 22, 23, okay? So you were legal of age. I was legal age, yeah. okay? Okay. But a long time ago. Okay, so we're so then I get pulled over. Lights were off. All my papers and all that stuff was legit. I always think about jay Z song when he says that. I ain't stepping out of shit. <laughs> Would he mind if we search around the car a little bit? Um, but nah, so like everything was good, but I had been drinking. Yeah. And so... The officer, I thought he was training the other officer. So what a name for him. So he was like, license and registration. And I was like, yeah, I got my license. Um, I didn't even tell him, but my license, for whatever reason, was cracked in half. That's so insane to me, George, that you had a crack. Like, how does that even happen? What were you doing? I feel doing? like it was in my wallet so long, and I just never took it out, that it just, like, was had got wear and tear or something. I don't know. But you think about it, putting it in your pants every time, sitting down on it. You know, guys sit on their wallets. But cracked, though? Sorry, continue. Yeah, it was cracked. All right, so... Handed him a license that was broken in half, and I and then he asked me for whatever reason. He's like, "Have you been drinking?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Yes, officer. I had a few drinks, but I'm not drunk." You know what? Though, can we please don't do that? Though, don't do it. <laughs> do not do that. Do not do that. Right? I was young, George, 22, 23. <laughs> Mom, I'm sorry. Okay. So you know what the funny part is? My sister is so smart. I remember like like it was yesterday. She asked me like randomly something happened. And she's like, did you get DUI? Like, and wow. It, mind you, she had no context yeah. of the situation. I had, I, I didn't reveal anything. I don't know how she connected Oh, wow. I was like, oh, what do you mean? Like, I'm responsible. Financial guy. Like, what? <laughs> so anyway, I digress. So I handed him the broken license. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I told him I had been drinking. He was like, well, how far do you live from me? I was like, literally, bro, like four and a half minutes. Here's the address. Like, we're on the, we're on the way there. I think he could tell that I was coherent. Yeah. And for whatever reason... He did not give me a ticket. Wow. He said, all right. He's like, come on, Jesus. Get home, be safe. He said, and don't drink and drive. I was like, officer, you basically get your license fixed and turn your lights on. I was like, damn, like there's a lot of things I didn't do. So then I'm, I'm, so now this adds another layer of me like feeling my, right? So now I'm, I'm, I'm I'm doing pretty well. So that was, that ended, that was August. Right. So now where we are. Now we are, let's just say maybe next month, like September, maybe early October, like whatever. Wow. Yeah, so then, again, back in freaking Greensboro. That's crazy. Back in Greensboro. I'm pretty sure that this time span... That should tell you something, too, about these racist cops in Greensboro. Yeah, Greensboro does have some racist cops. Yeah, so back in Greensboro, and something else is going on. I'm with my my big bro, Hurt. As you're doing mad illegal stuff. (laughs) Mad illegal stuff. Um, And then we are going downtown to go out. But you ever been driving? It's like no bathroom in sight. And you just got to go. Yeah. So we pull off on the side. We're not side of the road. We park downtown by a meter. There's a parking deck. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get that parking deck. (laughs) So I found a little corner, a little quiet corner. So I thought. And then somebody was like. (gasps) That is so much more of a convenient situation for men. Because girls, we can't do that. Like you need (laughs) tissue. Right, you need tissue. Yeah, you got to squat. It's just like, it's not convenient. Continue. Like, do y'all carry tissue in the car? No. Like, you don't. So you're just like, you just got to do a shake. It might be a smart thing to do. (laughs) Um, So I'm I'm, I'm in here, you know, relieving myself in the corner. (laughs) And uh, somebody's yelling at me, hey. I'm like, yo, what's going on? So I ain't looking back because I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I'm doing my thing. You know what I'm saying? He's laughing. So, hey. At this point, I'm like, yes, probably a security guard. Yeah. the parking deck. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to zip up, tuck. I and just tuck, drive away. I should tuck before I zip. Yeah. Um, and then 
I'm just gonna dip. For whatever reason, my instinct was to run. Why? I still don't. I don't understand what don't made know. you run. That just know. seems like such a cliche move. I don't know, but I took off. And mind you, I had on Banana Republic like like these really nice pants. <laughs> I'm cracking up. You still remember and, and what I, you and had? And I had on, on this uh, purple and uh, uh, navy argyle sweater. Those cashmere, by the way. And I just took off. I mean, I full out sprint. That's crazy. And then next thing you know. I look back, just something told me a glance. I knew the fat dude was gonna catch me, but I look back and I see these little strings like just dangling, um, like right near my feet. I'm like, yo, my man's trying to tase me. Thank God I'm half African and like I'm, I'm like super fast, <laughs> but my man's trying to tase me. That's crazy. Yo, so then this one, I'm like, yo, all right, this is real. Like, he wasn't a security guard, he's, he's a real cop. cop. And yeah. Like, as I'm processing that, probably seven seconds later, next thing you know, you see cops on segways, you see cars, blue lights, get on the ground, get on the ground. Yo. And somehow in the state that I was in, I was just like, yo, I'm like, yo, my man's like, I got a banana public pants on an argyle sweater. Like, I'm not getting on the ground. I mean, I'll sit on the curb. You know what I mean? Like, is that cool? <laughs> I sat on the curb. And so then we have a conversation, and my hands behind my back. I was like, why'd you run? They started emptying out my pockets. I'm like, yo, I don't got no drugs. I just I, I was exposed, like you know what I'm saying. Like I'm a man, and somebody's yelling at me, and like my, my stuff is out. Like, of I, course, I would run. It just seemed like <laughs> thing, right. And so then um, I ran. I mean, well, then, so then after that, they took me to a holding cell. I'm like, yo, this has got to be this is crazy. And yeah. so then, like th- this point, they're kind of laughing about it because once they know that I'm like telling the truth, like, yo, why did you run? Like, right. You, we looked you up. You don't have a record. Like nothing. Like what's the deal here, dude? I was like, man, I just I was peeing. I was scared. I was, I was like yelling at me. I just, my instinct was to run. Yeah. You know, and so at this point, I didn't know it at the time, but my, the two guys I came with, they were in the club, like contemplating, like, what are we going to do? Like our homeboy just got arrested. Like, what does that look like? Now, mind you, I wasn't really arrested. I'm not trying to give myself street cred here. I was arrested, but I was like in a holding cell, <laughs> hadn't really been booked. No mug shots had been taken. Um, but they're trying to figure out how they're going to help me out of the situation. But I helped myself out. And so within 30 minutes, a lot of you not, they let me go. I didn't pay no money. I just walked out. Granted, I got the citation or whatever. Uh, I just walked out, and I knew where we were going that night. I walked out busted. I don't just walk out busted a spot. <laughs> Yo, you were so high. Drinks on me. You know what I'm saying? My little Kevin Hart dance. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then looking, they both looking at me like, Yo, how you get here? Um, I'm like, yeah, they can't hold me down. You know what I'm saying? You would have thought I did a 10-year bid. You know what I'm saying? So this is like the third escape. In theory, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The first one's kind of just like wilding, spending too much money. Second one, yeah, that's what escape. Third one, definitely. This is almost like Shawshank shit. Have you seen Shawshank? I have. Shawshank? It's been a while, though. It's definitely Shawshank. You think so? Definitely, because he, like, the white dude really planted getting out, and Mm. then he, like, put the shoes in the box. Yeah. And ended up dipping and then left Morgan Freeman the money. Like, it took strategy, a lot of, like, analytical thinking. That is true. This is like Shawshank, the black version. I'm Shawshank shit. Great movie. Um, Continue. And so this time, you, you, like, feel me now. I'm building the context. So I'm really feeling myself at this point, right? And so we out here, we drinking, blah, 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 having a good time. Mind you, like, nothing happened. No accountability. Like, man, you got shit. Like, nothing happened. Just living my best life, right? And so that was that. Now, fast forward to probably October, November. Of the same year. Same year. In theory. Like, I don't remember the exact timeline, but it's pretty close. Roughly. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, actually, you know, it was the same year because I got, yeah, yeah, the same year. Okay. So, October, November, back in freaking Greensboro. That's crazy. Yep. Back in Greensboro. My best friend, he lived there. So, like, we, like, and he was finishing his last semester of school and I was already graduated. So, 
I was like, yeah, I got more freedom to move and shake, so I'm gonna come, you know, holler at you. So we were up there, another party. This party in particular, I'm buying everybody's shots on me. You would think I'm, you know, Don Juan, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's on me. It's at least 20, 30 people in the room. Oh my God. You know what I'm saying? Shots on me, blah, blah, blah. So I got out. Exactly. So we're having a good time. Everything is good. And then, gosh, I'm really telling, my, telling myself here. 22, 23, remember. Um, and so at the time, like, I remember, like, there was, like, a girl there that I, you know, was. At least I felt like I was interested in her. And then there was another girl there that I was, like, interested in. Single days, single days. Single days. Um, And so I'm kind of, you know, playing the field a little bit. But didn't know that they really were knew each other. And they kind of connected the dots. That, like, blew up my whole spot, messed up the night, blah, blah, blah. So this one, I'm like, okay, well, forget both of y'all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I tried to make it seem like I was a good Right, friend. like you forget were the both, victim. Forget both of y'all. <laughs> and so I had one of my really good friends who rode up with me. Um... And so we were, instead of like staying, I was gonna ride back that night. Now I had my friends like, yo, G, just chill, stay the night, you've been drinking, you wildin', blah, blah, blah. I was like, fuck that, man, I'm going back home. I'm going home. <laughs> Sleeping in my bed. You know what I'm saying? Without them. Don't need either one of them. And so, you know, they, try to, they, they did try to convince me. I forgot about that. They had some people to try to convince me, like, yo, just chill, sleep it off, mm. in the morning. I was like, nah, I'm good. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I get back on the road, I had to be 2 3 in the morning. At this point, I'm not drunk. Maybe not even tipsy. I'm just tired. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm driving. Nobody's on the road. Um, and then at some point, I swerve a little bit. Swerve a little bit. Wake up. I'm like, yo, I'm wilding. I got to get my stuff together. Um, and then, next thing you know, whoop, whoop. I'm like, yo, come on. You got to be kidding. Dang. But at the same token, I'm like, you got this. You know what I mean? And so, cop comes up. Hey, we saw that you were had, had swerved back there. Is everything Okay. I'm like the only car on the road, so of course they see me. Dang. And I was like, yeah, officer, you know, just, God, man, a little tired. We get off the next day. He said, give me some coffee. I'll be good to go. Have you been drinking? Oh, officer. God, no. Right? <laughs> God, no. Right? This time, while I was feeling myself, right, 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 like, right. let me, like, let me not test the waters twice. Um, he's like, okay. On that. Yeah, exactly. He's like, cool. He's like, all right, well, step out the car for me. Step out the car, do the little test, pass the physical stuff, and he asked me to blow. Can you deny blowing? You can. I learned that after the fact. Oh, okay. You can. You can deny it. You still have the thing blow at the station. And you, may, you might be able to deny, deny altogether, but there's something that comes with that. But anyways, you could have. I didn't because I didn't know. Yeah. Um. And so I blew, and I blew like a .001% over the limit. L- literally the, the lowest amount possible that you could blow over the limit is what I blew. Yeah. It's like, you're coming with us, buddy. Shoot! And so, luckily, the person who came rode up with me, they hadn't been drinking or they were below the legal limit or whatever. So they allowed them to. And take they were my in the car. car. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So they allowed them to take my car, um, so that it didn't get impounded. Mm-hmm. And so they drove. We were probably at this point probably about 30, 45 minutes outside of Charlotte. They took my car back. I'm with these officers, <laughs> um, in a holding cell, um, and that was that. And so then I'm like, yo, like. You know, we don't remember nobody's cell phone numbers. And so, like, yeah. who could I call? Well, clearly, I don't want to call my mom. Right. Clearly, I don't want to call my sister. And so, I called. If, if my memory serves me correctly, I called my ex. Yikes. In the middle of the In night. In the middle of the night. And so, she knew the number. She was friends, actually, with the person I rode up with. So, it was cool um, that she knew them. I was like, yo, I don't even know how time to explain this, but this is what's going on. I need you to get in contact with her so that she can come back and pick me up. Yeah. Um. And so they ended up, she ended up coming back to pick me up. The details around like what happened in that moment in terms of like did I get booked and what my citation was are pretty vague. Yeah, but I know that I left within a few hours, right? Yeah, so I probably got booked at like three, left at like seven. 
um, 7.30 that morning. And so this one, I'm like, yo, gee, like, this, what, what's happening, right? Like, mm. what are you doing, right? And so fast forward, um, luckily, I don't know how, luckily or unluckily, I ended up getting the trial date to figure out what I was going to get charged mm-hmm. with, which ultimately, obviously, was going to be a DUI. I ended up getting it extended for a year. Wow. Um, almost a That's full, a blessing. Yeah, almost a full year. So I was able to drive provisionally. Like, my license technically was provisionally suspended. It wasn't officially suspended. Yeah. But I had, like, a provisional license where I could, you know, drive whatever, whenever, you know, knowing that something was going to change whenever my, my court date was. And so I had the court date, and, you know, it finally came to pass, and I ended up getting um, my license. I ended up getting the DUI formally, and then they gave me some provision where I can only drive, you know, between work hours and then... And then I had to have, like, a maintenance of household time period where I could, mm-hmm. like, go to, like, Walmart or the grocery store or whatever. And so for that full year, I'm always on edge because it's like, oh, yo, it's getting dark. I got to get home. And it was just, it was, it sucked. Mm-hmm. But it gave me a moment of reflection. And it, I'm so glad I actually got the DUI because if it didn't happen, God knows. Like, granted, I was super young, but God knows, like, how many other, th- how many other limits I would have tested. And I shared that entire story to tie home the reality of the importance of accountability. Yeah. If R. Kelly actually would have went to jail the first time he got charged or whatever, um, would he still be doing the same things he's doing now? If we, quote unquote, canceled R. Kelly when he went to trial, mm. would he still be doing this? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he would because he's been yeah. some mental stuff going on. But it's, there's a, a level of accountability that we have to start instilling. Yeah. Because if not, like... That's good. It's just human nature. Yeah. It's just human nature. Like, I'm going to continue to push the limits. It's like a kid. Like, I didn't get in trouble for that. I'm going to try it again. Yeah. I didn't yeah. get in trouble for that. I'm going to try it again. And I'm so I'm like, looking back, I'm so thankful I got the DUI. I'm mad at how high my insurance was. but <laughs> And honestly, that probably low-key, like, saved your life. Yeah. Because what if those cops didn't pull you over and you fell asleep? Real shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or a number of other things. So I think that's a good kind of reflection on how important it is to be held accountable. accountable. But the thing, too, is that... I also feel like God will hold us mm. <laughs> accountable whether we like it or not. Real. So you had you had to come to a moment of accountability that was not on your own. You didn't choose that. That's correct. And so if if God would have let the decision of that, not the decision, but the circumstances right. to happen in your own will, right. you wouldn't have done it. So I think as it relates to R. Kelly, there now has to be some forced consequences. Absolutely. Because if we wait for him to, to, come, to, to come to that, I mean, no one ever wants to do something that they feel empowers them, even right. if it's wrong. Correct. You know, so I think that I hope through this public shaming and through these victims and, you know, the white powers that be, mm-hmm. that there's some forced consequences. Otherwise, it's yeah. going to keep happening. And what I really hope, I mean, the simple quote that we've all heard, you know, be the change we want to see. What I really hope is for us all to be thankful that there's not a, a bright, shining light that shows all the stuff that we do, all the stuff that we think about. Mm. Right? Naturally, probably not near, not nearly as egregious as your R. Kelly's of the world, but to take some of that energy and, and reflect, and it's like, okay, where can I do better where can mm-hmm. I hold myself account? how mm-hmm. can I shine a light through my actions mm-hmm. and who I am to project the light that needs to be in the world right? yes because I think that if all of us and it's so simple but if everybody focused 100% of their energy on making themselves a better person if everybody did that right the world would be phenomenal yeah you see what I'm saying it's like it's so easy to be like 
let me say this about what this person could do, but totally negating the reality that I could be spending that energy on things that I need to be fixing. And again, I feel like I got to continue to underscore this, but like, I am not creating false equivalencies. I'm not saying that R. Kelly should not be going to jail. What I'm saying is equally in this season of heightened awareness around accountability. Yeah. Let's hold ourselves accountable to what we need to be doing mm-hmm. so that we can be the light, right? Like to the point where you can shine your light on, on, on my, on my behind the scenes life. And it's like, I'm cool with that. Like what you see is what you get, right? They, these celebrities don't have that luxury, you know? Um, they also don't have the luxury to do whatever they want because unfortunately, whether they ask for it or not, it puts them in a certain space where people are looking up to them and they have a certain level of influence. Yeah. And when with great power comes great responsibility, yeah. whether you ask for it or not, like this is a platform. Yeah. And then I have a responsibility of the type of information that we put out and the things that we talk about. And I think people just have to really take an introspective look at themselves. And it's like, how can I be better? How can I... Yeah. You know, not give this guy a pass, but then give this other guy a pass, or forget the other guy, giving myself a pass. I mean, it's been a crazy week. Jeff Bezos uh, and John Gray. Did you hear about that? I heard about um, Jeff Bezos. Didn't yeah, hear so about Jeff. Gray. So Jeff Bezos. You know, obviously now she's probably the richest woman in the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I think he was cheating with his friend's wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I mean, most powerful man in the world. Who can't? He can't be stopped. Yeah. Right? Um, but who, who's who's boy? Oh, ooh, it's about to get real. <laughs> who's boycotting him? Who's not shopping on Amazon? Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so that's where it goes back to your point yeah. of where is the line drawn? Of okay, holding accountable. Where is the line drawn? Of how do we forgive if a person truly deserves it? Like, there's a lot of things that have to be unpacked. I'm gonna tell you this. You heard it here first. I guarantee you, or I wouldn't be surprised if in, if in the months to come. There are going to be all these employees from Amazon saying how they were sexually abused oh. or assaulted by Jeff Bezos. And so just note that. But I wanted to also go back to your earlier point. Is I'm that, noting that because if, you, if that comes true, like you get the podcast like 10 <laughs> right? And then it's like, yo, this is going to be like the Melody Show. And I'm just kind of here just like, as a supporting member. Um, but proceed. <laughs> but I think, too, what, what kind of what, you know, when I was playing Devil's Advocate earlier saying... Why are we as a black community all up in arms now? Or why do we get to these moments? I think a response to that question is we can no longer, and we should have never waited, we cannot wait for white people to save us. We cannot wait for them to save our white girl, our black girls. We cannot wait for them to save our black women. We cannot wait for them to save our black boys. We cannot wait for them to save our black men. We cannot wait for them. And we, as African Americans... So have supported him in the throes and through the highs and the lows of his career. And it has become at the cost of these damaged girls, Mm -hmm. children. And so we have to be able to say we don't care because we shouldn't have need we shouldn't have not we do not we should not have needed a lifetime on repeat. Of all places. Of all places, documentary. For us to be so vigilant in this crusade of crucifying him. Mm-hmm. That, and, and I think that that's what infuriates me, to be honest, in some regards, is like, why do we have to wait every time mm-hmm. for, and I'm not saying we should divorce or isolate our white brothers and sisters allies, mm-hmm. because we do need them as right. well, but we should not have to become 
ignited in right. the fight to dismantle or to be this change we want to see. We yes. don't. We should be able to have enough courage Absolutely. to say we don't care if every other group of people plays this music or supports him. We are on a unified front right. that this isn't okay. And not under the guise of well, you know, everybody else trying to tear Brett with exactly. Down, so we, so we got to hold him up. Look. The sky's blue. Right. I, I don't care like what language you put it in. I don't care yes. what side, how you look at it. If it's blue, it's blue. So if he's black and he's wrong, it doesn't exactly. matter. Exactly. We have to hold him accountable. It doesn't matter. We're we going to not hold him accountable because, you know, there's other white guys doing their stuff. And we we the last, We don't need to be the ones telling it. Shut up. Right. Right is right and wrong is wrong. Right. Right. Like, this, like at what point, I, I, just, I get chill bumps thinking about it, like, so many people on the show, like you're around, like you you're helping with the NDAs, like you're forging this, like yes. these are children. But because you want to be on his number one, that was the first thing I said. I said that money, yeah, is the ultimate vendor of the moral compass. Yes, why do you think that parents, is great? Why, that is good. Why? Because I agree. Why do you think parents was like, even though they knew in their gut, this man, somebody man was they're willing some, to sacrifice some, some their kids. Right I'm willing to take mm-hmm. the chance, right? So that. My daughter, my daughter could get put on, which ultimately means if she really reaches stardom, that we. Could, and I'm not saying that's the end. I'm not. Mm-hmm. No parent wants this for their kid. No parent wants their kid to obviously be, you know, molested or, or mistreated. I get that. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, we can't put money before our boy. Right. Parents. All these people are around because of money. Not yes. Money. Like R. Kelly, they're around because he's still paying the bills. Yes. You know what I mean? And so it's like money. Right is the ultimate vendor of the moral compass, and then two, we like your to your point, we just have to hold these people accountable, yeah. regardless of the fact that they're black. Like Huey said, we know the nigga can sing, <laughs> but right. you know what I mean. Like we know that he is talented. I don't right. think there's any person that disagrees with that. Right. That's not the argument. Right. The argument is how far does that argument go right. until it begins to not matter? Right. You know what I mean? You can't separate like. You just, I mean, at some point, you can't separate the artist from, from you can't. the You can't. You know what I mean? Like, you just you just can't. Like, again, I don't know what that line is. I'm not the judge and jury. I didn't write the box. Like, so I can't say, yeah. like, what's, what's too bad and what's too good. But I think it's a dialogue that needs to be fleshed out. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this, too. It might be unpopular, but I feel like so many of these other um, transgressors that we know of are kind of second accounts. Say what you want, but all of the women, with the exception of maybe one, maybe two, if I, I my memory doesn't serve me on that, of the um, victims of Bill Cosby were all white women mm-hmm. that have that came to the case, came to the table decades later, yep. years later, that were second accounts. When you think of um, other people, I can't think of all of them, but they're all second accounts. When you say second accounts, so we're on the same page. The other people like they 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 are there's no tangible evidence other okay. than their word. Gotcha. Not to say that isn't valid. Just saying. Right. Compare in comparison, R. Kelly was on tapes, mm-hmm. on actual video visuals, right. and yet we still were like, "Peace in mind." Yes, not fresh. <laughs> Literally. Lord. And that's where it's it's so perplexing to me how we don't even we beyond these you know people telling their stories of what happened to them we have things where we can make the decision for ourselves because we can see it right 
Man, that's that's real. You know? You know what else? And this maybe is more so speaking to the Amazon situation with um, Jeff Bezos than it is with R. Kelly. But, like, people also relegate their activism predicated upon the level of con- inconvenience mm. that's going to cause them, right? Mm. So you got your Amazon Prime and you got all stuff going on. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be, it's going to suck. To have to try to figure out where you're gonna get your stuff from, right? If if you got the same energy about we boycotting, you know what I'm saying? So like mm-hmm. that's real, and I'm glad that that came up because it's like that's a real thing. So mm-hmm. we got to figure out where that line is drawn because it's like people's activism is relegated relegated to that is real, right? Are we still talking about the fact that Flint doesn't have good clean water? Exactly. So <laughs> another example: What if like let's try to think of something? Uh, I'm trying to think of something like that we all know and love and that we use like daily and religiously. Our iPhones. Our iPhones. What if it came out, right, mm-hmm. that the currency of, of iPhone says, I hate black people, and I wish they would stop using my phone. Niggas would not stop using that phone. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> I can't believe it. I ain't going to get that upgrade. You'll go to the protest recording on your you iPhone. Know? And again, no false equivalencies here. These are all yeah. conversations that force us to ask ourselves, Is our, can we be bought? Right? Can our our activism, can our morality be bought? Yes. And then with that, define your own moral. What's the price? Ooh, what's the price? That's Mm -hmm. the first. Can we be bought and what's the price? Yeah. Right? You got to define it for yourself. I'm not saying there's a a plain, like everybody's different. Some some people might say, for me, it starts at cheating. Somebody else might say it starts at Mm. domestic violence. Somebody else might say it starts at molestation. Whatever the things are. Define it for yourself and make sure you keep that same energy with Yes, that's that all I've been saying. Yes, 100%. Yes. I'm so sick of seeing so many people still, oh, R. Kelly, I'm still going to this concert, blah, blah, blah. And then at the same token, there's people that, that are not messing with R. Kelly, but then it's like, all right, well, Chris Brown is cool. That's what I've right? been saying. Oh, I'm still yes. Show, right? So no false equivalencies, but take an honest, honest inventory, inventory mm-hmm. of, man, let me let let this be a moment to, for me to really define what I stand for and make sure that my morality can't be purchased. But I think it goes back to what you said. If that whatever that is, that should be applied in and outside of entertainment. Mm-hmm. That should be applied to your uncle. Right. That should be applied to anything around you. To that end. To I that. Have, yeah. I have a friend who I've known since second grade, and I'm not going to go into too many details mm-hmm. because we were able to rekindle our friendship. Um, and I've had a friend that I know since second grade. He got married a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Something happened that I really didn't agree with. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say that wasn't happened that I didn't agree with. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I had to tell him like a man that I can't be in your... I'm supposed to be the best man. Not wow. I'm supposed to be the best man. That's heavy. And I said, bro, like, no, That's no, heavy. Off. You're human. I understand that. But I, I, I can't co-sign. I can't mm. be in the wedding. You know what I'm saying? That was hard. Yeah. Best friend since second grade, right? And because it didn't align with my moral compass. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And those are the things in and out of entertainment that you have to be willing to face that aren't going to be comfortable. Yeah. And more importantly, are a lot of times going to be inconvenient. Because you know what? We can't have that level of it. We, we can't. We cannot have that level of expectation for people we don't even know. Come on. But we can't have that level of expectation, not just for people we do know, but for ourselves. Right. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, I can't hold you, George, for jaywalking. And I jaywalk all the time. Yep. So I certainly, and I know you personally. Yeah. And I, I would not, I, I don't do that. So we can't mm-hmm. jump over hurdles and say, not only do we not hold the, have those level of expectations for ourselves, yep. our friends and family and community, yep. but by golly, 
We got them for all these niggas we don't know anything about. Yep. Got to. You, we have to. And I think that's... I, I'm hoping, if nothing else, that is the realization that comes from this whole R. Kelly situation, right? Whether he was the one that needed... He does need to be the one because he's trash. Let's end there. He is trash. Super like, trash. Guys, like... Glad. We got it. We Glad, Bex. This podcast is sponsored by Glad. Uh, hey, we shoot our shot, right? Um, but we've got to... That would be actually pretty funny. <laughs> that would be uh, hilarious. That would be funny. You know, they might do that. They should tweet about that. Yo. If they did a tweet, like... Yo, that would be so so dope. Like, I'm going to tweet them and say, hey, yo, I have a podcast. We shouted y'all out about how trash R. Kelly is. Would you want to sponsor this episode? Yo. That would be hilarious, y'all. That would be really, really, really funny. Um, but, but yeah, guys, that's all we're saying. Like, this is not to absolve R. Kelly of anything. It's for us to look at ourselves, and myself included, and say, what can I do? What what did I let slide? Is my homeboy, you know, stepping out on his wife, and I'm like cool with him not saying anything about it? Is my, you know, like what are all the things that are going on? Because to your point, back to the R. Kelly thing, if all of his people are, I don't remember the quote that you so eloquently said, um, the the proverb. <laughs> if everybody around you is like, nah, that's gonna wake you up. But like, I'm by myself now. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's some people that are really like. I don't know if that sociopath is the right word, but like they'll just go get new friends and everything is everything. Yeah. But like at least you can sleep at night knowing, hey, you know, either I confronted it because I am a I am a human being and I know he is too, or she, and I said, Hey bro, this isn't cool, like you need to stop and then we can move on. But if they don't, I had to ask myself, does this align with you know Yes because that, that will wake people up. Because let me tell you, again, you've heard it here first. These issues are going to become, it's going to get a lot worse before it get better. It's not to be, you know, super pessimistic or the bearer of bad news, but I think that in the air, unlike before the internet and social media, where mm-hmm. so, like, so many of these celebrities are thanking every lucky star that, that these type of mechanisms weren't out when they were doing their yeah, dirt. Absolutely. But as we get more and more into the age where there's no privacy, Right. And and and, it, and whether you're a celebrity or whether you are Joe Smo, no privacy does not exist. Right. And so there's going to be more of these type of things, I promise you, that are going to continue to come out about right. these egregious things that celebrities have done, whether it be infidelity or um, et cetera, et cetera. And so if we don't find the strength Mm-hmm. And if we don't find the sense of drawing the line in the sand, if you will, I fear that we're never we're never going to really um, truly experience what it would be like if we did. Yeah, I know that sounds simple, but more of like, can you imagine what what that would have looked like if we would have held? R. Kelly accountable. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what that would have looked like if we would have held Bill Cosby accountable before it got to this? Right. It, it, sets, it sets a precedent. It right? sets a precedent. It's, it's, it's almost like my sister got, and she's doing great. It's okay. But she got an accident this week. Mm, is she and okay? Someone, she is. Oh. Someone rear-ended her. They were texting. Mm. Funny thing is, not funny, actually. So here's the wild part. Very quick tangent. Um, the woman that rear-ended her was going to get the D. She said that? She told her that? Here's what happened. She asked my sister, hey, do you know how to pin a location? Because I'm, I'm trying to ask her to pick me up. So she had, my, mind you, my sister is better than me. Handed my sister the phone. The person you just read. What? Handed her the phone. And then when she goes to show her how to pin the location, the name is saved as like, whatever his name is, it has like eggplant on it. Stop. Real talk. Stop. Real talk. 
So, anyways, I say I say that to I'm say, dead right yeah, now. I say that to say, like, imagine if the, the penalty for texting was you're gonna you lose your license for seven years. Yeah, as bad as it sounds, right? If you get an accident while texting, yeah. you're gonna lose your license for seven. We years. We would see an immediate decline. Here's an even even more simple example. So, in my apartment complex, we have a parking garage, and on the first level is supposed to be for guests and residents mm-hmm. only. I've been there for over two almost two years now, and it's super convenient to park on P1. I always park on P1. Yeah. And they told me the day I moved in, they said, you're not supposed to park on P1, but there's no rules enforced. Okay. So they just said, don't park. So, of course, I parked on P1. Dog, you're a habitual rule breaker. What? (laughs) Parking in the wrong spot, uh, driving while having some level of alcohol in your system. Um, Almost 10 years ago, guys, just one of those things you buy at the back of the store. Um, But yeah, so there were no rules enforced, but like a month and a half ago, if you park on P1, we're going to tell you. Mm. And now it's clear. Guests got plenty of places to spark. So it's like we have to realize that we got to lose this ideology that oh, I'm just I, I would do the right thing if there were no consequences. Right, we're human. No, right. we we'll push the limits on whatever we want to do. That's yep. why there's laws and rules in place, right? Yep. And throw accountability in that. And so I say that to say we have to set some kind of standard. We have to because then you'll start to see things change. The first time we catch one of you messing up, you lose your record deal. The first time you yeah. lose your kind of like the first time, not three, four, five, not somebody speaks up, not you get yeah. sued the first time. Yeah. Right? And that's going to change. That's going to change some things for people because when you're, when you're held accountable, there's a certain standard because now what's happening is based on when the thing that you value is at risk of getting stripped away. I think that's a very optimistic and... Um, optimistic way of looking at it because I think the tr- the problem with that is so many of these powers that be let's just keep it real are white true and they look at these ta- you know talent as money they don't see them I mean let's keep it 100 yeah so the concept of accountability is like be accountable and making sure that nigga stuff doesn't get out that's how you be accountable yeah you know what I mean like I don't care about what he does I don't care if he messes with a six-year-old mm. as long as he's producing a hit that's real. so I feel like that we I'm remiss to even put any accountability on on them True. because I think that their moral compass is so tainted and muddled with blood and with blackness and darkness that mm-hmm. they wouldn't even know how to spell accountability, mm-hmm. let alone practice it. So I think that it goes back in my mind to us as a black culture of we have to demand like this will not happen. Right. Regardless of what it, yeah, it regardless. We gotta demand we have to. Because if we don't, ultimately, I kind of, to be real, I feel like we, in the spirit of accountability, we're just as accountability of the niggas that let this slide. Mm. Mm. And that's harsh, but I think it's it's real because those little girls weren't rich kids. Right. They were from the south side of Chicago that were 15-year-olds, and, and, and no one protected them. Right. And so, I mean, and no shade to sparkle, but, like, she didn't protect her. So it's like... There, the everything was retroactive. Exactly. When we already knew like what it looked like, because we wanted that that music. So exactly. it, it goes back to like, is your is your more more compass compromised by inconvenience? Yeah. And is it compromised by money? Like, what what is it? What, what can you be bought for? Because like, you know what they say, everything has a price. That's what they say. So, and we've continued to lower ours. <laughs> everything has a price, and we've continued <laughs> to lower. With that, guys. <laughs> 
So here, here's how I want to wrap it up. Here's how I want to wrap it up. And this has been great. Thank you so much for the energy, perspective. This like, was awesome. Everything that you brought. I feel like in the in the spirit of the R. Kelly thing, like we have to make this like a two part podcast, like no. part one and part two. Um, not not quite six parts. Uh, but <laughs> the way I want to kind of want to wrap this up because again, this is a legacy and lifestyle show. Is is R. Kelly's legacy like? done like is it is it in, mm. unsalvageable like mm. is there any way for him to ever ever come back from this is, is my question to you I'm gonna be real with you 100% I would not be surprised if in the next six months he produces the next ignition by the end of the year it's like a whole new album and this is all but like forgotten mm. I, I just because I think again we live in a day and age where when it really comes around to the brass nuts we don't want to be inconvenienced. We want a life of Amazon. Right. And and that's a that is a metaphor for everything. Exactly. So we want to be con- we want convenience and mm-hmm. the the fight that it would require for us to demand what we claim we want the price isn't high enough. Mm. Mm. And that's a a real and raw truth. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Um do you? I I feel like there's so much History to 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 indicate that it, it is on some level is it tainted? Sure, um, but it's almost like if I drop a, a let's say if you had a, a gallon jug of water mm-hmm. and I dropped there was like eight ounces in it and I dropped a little speckle of blood in there within mm-hmm. the midst of that eight ounces the, the water is really red but as the more I keep filling that jug up with new water. Um, the less and less you notice the blood in the water. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of feel like it could be one of those situations mm-hmm. where it's like, as long, again, as long as it's not too, he doesn't continue to do these egregious things, I think he does have, a, have an ability, if he wanted to, to drown out the noise. Yeah. Um, but it will forever be tainted. I mean, me personally, I can never look at R. Kelly the same. Same. You know, um, I'm at a wedding and step in the name Are of Are you going to dance? No, first of all, stepping in, step in the name of love comes on at a wedding that I'm at, and I'm looking at the couple like, you? you right. Know, you know, really <laughs> secondly, <laughs> I'm going to have to force myself not to dance. Yeah. Because there's so many memories that are tied to it, but I have to, again, I'm, I have to be willing to be inconvenienced, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to stand for what I believe. Mm-hmm. Right? I was willing to be inconvenienced to tell my best man I couldn't be in Yeah. So you right? definitely should be able to turn down a two-step. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so, I, but, you know, to that end, I, I feel like, Unfortunately, on some level, it could be, but it will forever be tainted. And personally, I can't worry about what everybody else does. Yep, I can just worry about what I do, which is why I say just be the change that you yeah. see. So, well, you know, so just this. What I am as a glimmer of hope. I feel like I've been super doomsday, but as a glimmer of hope, I'm a strong. And this is a biblical practice, but I'm a strong believer of you reap what you sow. And if you think about it, there's a um, story. That goes something to this effect. I might be getting it a little wrong, but you'll get the gist. And 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 before I say that, we all um, I think we reference the concept of you reap what you sow, yeah. but we don't practice it. Mm. And so think about you're driving on a dirt road yeah. in Greensboro, <laughs> and you happen to see a farmer, and um, for whatever reason you're compelled to pull over to mm. talk to the farmer. You yeah. pull over. And you say, hey, this looks like a lot of wheat here that you've planted. Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah, did we did we planted a lot here, but we're expecting to uh, reap a harvest of corn come fall. You would be extremely confused because right. 
he just said that they re- that they planted a bunch of wheat. A bunch of wheat. Mm-hmm. So I think when you translate to practice, like if you're planting things mm. that are negative or that are jeopardizing your your morality or your your sense of moral direction mm-hmm. or your um, internal ver- you know direction of right and wrong. Yep. It's only natural that by the divine power of God mm-hmm. that you're going to reap those exact seeds. Mm-hmm. So I think that although he has planted great seeds of music, I think he's also planted a lot of corruption and trauma mm-hmm. and terror right. and malice and hurt and pain that it is only natural he will reap those. Yeah. And that's not to be, you know... Very bad news. No, I just think that that is... And so I find some sense of comfort in in that um, principle because I think that we can... And that goes back to what we said earlier. Like, mm-hmm. we cannot be the judge, jury, and executioner right. of the fate of R. Kelly. Correct. We can hold ourselves accountable. Mm-hmm. We can change our behavior. Yeah. And then we have to rest in the fact he'll reap what he's going to sow. That's all we can do. Yeah. Guys, if you listen to all of this, uh, we really appreciate the support. We know that we dived in pretty deep here, but I don't know about you, Melody, but I feel like this was this was great. I, I honestly, I feel like this was a therapy session because yeah. I was struggling with what to do with R. Kelly, but I, I mean, I feel like we talked it out, yeah. learned, you know, and I feel like woo. Absolutely. So, guys, like I said, we'll figure it out. We'll probably break this up somehow into a part one and part two. Um, but thank you guys so much for tuning in and just. Thank Melody. Like, leave, leave a review. And if, you, if, you, if you liked her vibe on the show, like just leave a review. Like, hey, love Melody. Bring her back. Hey, honestly, like you can leave and just let her do her thing. We don't really need you. Like, whatever. Like, just let us know how you like this episode because we're really trying to see what we have here. I mean, I think it's evident. We, we both personally believe. Um, but we'll love your feedback, guys. Yes. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for having me. And of course. And until next time, guys. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the Legacy and Lifestyle Show with your host, George Achenpong, where you'll learn how to live the life you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow. Purpose, passion, and profit. Makes sense to me.